And I know things are going to happen in life that sucks. I know it's not easy. I know that you're going to work so hard on something and then to see it fall all apart sometimes. But if you just understand ahead of time that when it happens, you got to trigger right away that, okay, this is what C-Rock was talking about. This is the setback. Okay. Immediately, immediately start looking for opportunities. Do not take time to sit there and feel sorry for yourself and question this and question that. Immediately look for opportunities. You can always later on look to see why it happened. But what I like to talk about, and I would learn this from my mentors, when there's a fire in the kitchen, you're not worried about who set the fire. You're trying to put the fire out. And so that's what it's all about. And that's how we do it. And again, in order to do it, because it's going to be hard, you need to prepare your mind with mindset. You need to have knowledge. You need to continue to learn. You need to take care of your body by working out all the time. You got to prepare like you're going to battle. And if you do that and you have this concept understood, you're, you're unstoppable. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey everyone, I'm really excited about bringing a real personality uh, to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. His name's Mike Searock. He's been identified by Yahoo as one of finance top business leaders to follow in 2020. He's just written a big book called Rocket Fuel and Grant Cardone has written the, uh, the introduction. And we dig into all sorts of um, things in this uh, upcoming podcast, uh, preparing for setbacks, and um, in his business, um, the, the four key attributes of building a really great company and a really great culture, I know leaders who are listening are super excited about doing exactly that in their future organizations or in their existing organizations. So I know you're going to get a lot out of this podcast uh, with Mike C. Rock. And uh, thanks so much for tuning into the podcast and you know, you know what I'm up to is looking for amazing leaders, looking to make a major contribution in their life. And so if you know anyone uh, who is up to what we're up to, please share the podcast. Send them to our website, studentworks.com, and uh, have an unbelievable day. Thanks so much. So, Mike, super excited to have you on the podcast. And, uh, and thanks so much for joining the Leaders of Tomorrow. Thank you, Chris. First of all, I always start every interview with gratitude. And just to let you know, I, I'm thankful to be here. And, and it's humbling to me to be able to share my story to one person, let alone multiple people. And, and I just want to thank you for that to start off with. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we, you've got a gratitude practice. So do I. And I just love it. You know, starting in that space is awesome. So, so thank you. And, and so, you know, as you know, you know, we're talking to, you know, 18 to 20 year olds here. That's really our avatar. That's the leaders who are listening. So, you know, where were you, you know, as a teenager, you know, uh, you know, around university or getting into university? What, what, what was happening in your life, Mike? I went to a college called Salisbury University uh, in Maryland. It's called, it was called Salisbury State University. Now it's called Salisbury University. And they have a business school. If you yeah. guys know the chicken, the chicken uh, business, Purdue. Yes. Frank Purdue went there and they have a Purdue School of Business. So okay. that intrigued me. Uh, yeah. I, I grew up in Maryland. So that that led me that way. And I played football there. Okay. And, uh, but, you know, I got to tell you though, with that, um, you know, growing up, I didn't drink or party or anything until I was 18 years old. 
I was really focused on a mission that I had from, from 11 years old, which I'll get into in a second. Okay. But I didn't know any, I didn't know what like partying was like and this and yeah. that. And, you know, I went down some, some rabbit holes, man. And I, you know, I want to talk to people that are in that, that realm right now. And, or, you know, at that stage of their life. And I got some, some wise words. So make sure you're listening Sure. As we go forward. <laughs> awesome. 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 So, so why don't you tell me about that mission? I, I, you know, that 11 year old's mission. Yeah. So I came from a broken home, Chris. I don't remember my parents ever together and I don't okay. tell this story to uh, seek pity by any means. It's exactly sure. actually a, an advantage for me. Mm -hmm. um, I always thought it was an ordinary life. I thought, you know, you always, everybody, kids deal with that where they go to their other parent every other weekend and yeah. custody, child support battles and yeah step parents being included then and then their agenda needs to be met and all that stuff like that that causes conflict with yeah. people so uh as a young kid I'm, I'm the oldest of eight children by the way with between the two families and i'm the only one with the first set of parents though okay my mom and dad and so i, I by despite the fact that i was in a large family and people were around i felt alone a lot mm -hmm. and uh i decided to live with my dad from when i was eight to eleven and he had just gotten remarried um and during that time, there's a lot of conflict with that, that the, the agendas of other people. Right. And I know it's not easy. I understand all that. I understand step parenting is easy. So I don't want to bash anybody. I just want to share with you what I went through so you guys can see where I came from and for sure how, how I came up with this rocket fuel concept that I, that I live by. Right. So during that three years, I went through a lot of emotional, psychological abuse, things being taken out on me and the others. And uh, I had had enough. When I got to about 10, 10 and a half years old, I had enough. Right. And so I asked my mom to file court papers to, to get me out of the house and bring me back to her house where I okay. originally lived full time. So she did that. That was like a ticking time bomb for, for me and my dad. I didn't tell him. And every day I'd come home from school, just waiting, just waiting. And finally he got to serve papers one day ah. and I came home that day and I saw him with those papers in his hand. I knew what it was. And he said, go to your room. And I sat there for about five minutes, which felt like five hours yeah. uh, waiting for him to come back. And by the way, Chris, my dad was my hero. Right. You know, he had big forearms, rough hands. He was a mason. Yeah. Worked hard. He has his own business, building, you know, uh brick layer, block layer, pouring concrete. He always had this wad of hundred dollar bills in his pocket. Right. And he had a rubber band around it. And I yeah. always looked up to him for that. I thought that was cool. You know, he used to flash it and show me. And yeah. And you know, in construction, there's a thing called cash jobs. I don't know if you've heard of that yes. before, but yes. Uh anyway, I'll leave that alone. But anyway, um, you know, he came back and he confirmed my intent to move back to my mom's house. And, you know, I remember my mom telling me when she was going to file those papers, she said, stick to your guns. Don't you yeah. can't flip flop on this. If you're going to do this and I'm going to file these, yeah. you need to stick to your guns because people in life, when you believe in something, you need to, to, to have a stubbornness about you yeah. because people will try to talk you out of things to match their own agenda or, and, and as you guys are listening to the audience here, listening to this, yeah. There's other people that aren't where you are or where you're going, or they see a threat in you and they have to somehow justify their position in life. So they will try to talk you out of doing awesome things, yeah, things that you want to do. So stick to your guns. So I remember her saying that and I'm 11, I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, I'm not even going to get into discussion about this. I'm just going to commit. So right. I told him I'm not opening for discussion on this. I, you know, I want to move. And he said, you know, they don't have it that well there. You know, there's no, they don't have the things that we have here. They don't have money. Right. And, you know, that's important. And, you know, this and that. And I said, now nah, I made my mind up. Right. So he said, okay, if that's the case, he takes that wad of $100 bills out, peels one off, crumples it up and throws it at me and says, here, you're going to need this when you're living on your streets with your mother then. Right. And uh, as an 11-year-old kid 
thinking something like this, you know, first of all, I thought, man, my hero's giving up on me. Like, what the right. heck? This is crazy. Yeah. But then I also thought, stubborn. I'm stubborn. That ain't happening. You're not, you're not telling me my future. Right. Like, I'm going to be the determining factor in that. Sure. And then number two, I thought to myself, well, you know, this is an ordinary story. I got to be able to help other people that are going through this. There's somebody else out there that's been given up on. I'm going to be able to show them. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to be the man that is right. going to show them the way. And that's what I thought. And so everything that I did from that point, once I committed to that was, Hey, what can I do to be you know, a better person? What can I do to, to excel at the school or sports or work or whatever? And then by painting that picture to people, they could do the same. And that's a mission that I've been on for a long time until 30 some years, until three years ago, I was able to really become aware of it. A lot yeah, of things were start. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Cause that's actually one of the things is, is that, is that, you know, uh, one of the things about going and doing the work on yourself and learning what are the things as a, as a five-year-old or as a 12-year-old, or there are different key points in your life, I believe, that really make all the difference. And so, so are you saying that at 11, when this happened, that you identified it clearly and you made choices that you were aware of then, or later on you became aware of them? No. So I was, you know, my mom said to me, like I said, at a young age, you're a leader, you're inspiring, you're inspirational, you're going to be this before I even knew what that was. So sure, she was leading me on that right track. So all my thoughts, actions, and words were going in that direction. Now, when you do that, by the way, when you make a stand, I already mentioned, there's going to be people that try to talk you out of that, right? Yeah. There's going to be people coming at you from all angles and you can call it the, de the devil demons. You can call it whatever they want to call it. Right. But the fact of the matter is when you're on the right track, it's hard. Yeah. And, and when you're on an easy track and it's easy, you're probably doing the wrong things. Right. So that's what I looked at in my life. And I wasn't ever looking for easy. I was looking for how can I get things done fast and right and serve this mission. But then I, I, what I became aware of three years ago was that I had an animal inside of me that was been caged up over years. Because okay. as I got older, I realized I'd been fueled by this, this incident. And if I could just convert things that usually stop people. Right. Not eliminate them, but actually convert them into rocket fuel for my future so that I don't right. go back to where my original form was, but really blast off through it. Right. Um, I could be unstoppable. Mm -hmm. And then when I found that out, I'm like, wait a minute, I feel unstoppable now. Let me share this with people. Like I can right. I can change the world with this message. If you can convert the things that stop you into rocket fuel, you're unstoppable and indestructible. So that's what it's all about. That's what it came from. So when I left my my dad's house. You know, I fed off that for years. I had a stepfather that stepped in. His name was George. Great guy. Became mm -hmm. my mentor. Right. Didn't didn't know how to make money, Chris, but he was uh, good with money. Right. And he was also taught me right from wrong. Right. And, uh, you know, I had that luckily in my, you know, early on in my life. And so for all the way to 18, I never drank, never did right. drugs, never partied. I was a football player, went hard, 4.0, all that jazz. Right. Got to college though. And started doing the things that I'm telling you not to do. I started worrying about other people's agendas, okay. trying to, to go towards what they wanted and gave up my, my stance and my principle for a period of time. Right. And uh, I just encourage people not to do that, man. Stand yeah. on your principles. Stand on what you believe in. Don't worry about other people. You make what's cool, cool. Not yeah. that. Yeah. You know? And uh, so, yeah, that's a little background. I, yeah, no, well, I can't, can't agree more. You know, that integrity, you know, about f discovering who you are and then committing to that that person you want to be. And, and I love what you had to say about, you know, there really is something to to not getting fascinated by easy things. There's not a lot good about easy things, really getting excited about 
things that are hard, you know, like working out is hard and that's great. Like you feel really great after a workout, when you accomplish something hard, there's something that, that, that pulls you up, you know, that, that nobler purpose about doing something hard and, and, and finding, um, you know, in you to just keep identifying that for yourself. Wow. It's hard. It's great when I'm doing something hard. It's, it's great yeah. when I'm digging deep and, and, and if you make that your pattern in your life, your life's going to be great. Right. Cause sometimes yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's hard in so many ways, right. It's, it's hard personally, you know, having those tough conversations maybe with, uh, with, with our partners or our significant others or whatever. And, but, you know, being willing to be vulnerable and being willing to have the tough conversation that can lead to a breakthrough and, 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 and make things move, move along, uh, you know, powerfully and being unstoppable, yeah. as you say. Yeah. And another thing I, I, you know, this, I want this to be taken the right way. So let me preface this by saying that I mean, well, when I say this, but for the fellows that are listening and girls too, but for the fellows that are listening, cause I can only speak from a guy's point of view. Sure. Stop chasing girls mm. at a young age. Sure. Like there's, there's no, you, you know, listen, I know your body's telling you to do something. I know right. your mind's telling you to do something. Let me tell you something. When you chase girls, you're chasing the wrong reason for the wrong reason. First right. of all. Right. And what you want in life is a partner. You want friends, you want good friends and you want a partner one day. Right. And by chasing, chasing women, chasing girls. And when you're not ready yourself and you haven't set yourself on the right track and you haven't created a firm foundation financially, making sure you understand money and getting your stance right, you're going to attract all the wrong women right. and you're going to chase them for the wrong reason. So let me encourage you by telling you that if you do what I'm telling you and get your mind right, get your finances right and get your track right and your stance right, you will have a selection and ladies will be chasing you. Right. And I mean, not for one night stands. I'm talking about a partner, somebody that you can build a family with and build a life with right. um, that can encourage you and, and, and all those. So that, that's a, you know, a big piece of advice there because a lot of marriages don't last because people do it the wrong way. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I, I, I really believe one of the most important things we can do, Mike, is, is establishing a philosophy. So one philosophy I had, and, and it, at times it seems crazy at the time it seemed crazy, but I always believe that you know, to have a really successful relationship, it would take a lot. It would, it would take a real commit, would take practice. It would take figuring things out. So I, I took every relationship really seriously that I had, you know, yeah. and tried to figure out, oh, is this, is this type of person, uh, you know, uh, the, the right type of person for me. And I've discovered, oh no, that type of person didn't work or this type of person. Oh, wow. That was interesting. And, and I really took the whole sort of dating thing quite seriously in terms of as, as, as trying to get towards the goal that you have, that, that you stated, Hey, I want to, powerfully successful person in my life and, and, and have a, have a life that really works. And so if you look at a life that really works, um, in our society and you want, you want a family, having a partner is really critical to that, you know, and, and for your professional success, for your career success. So that's something that I really took. And, and I really encourage, encourage all our leaders listening to sort of really look at, look at that. And, 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 and again, uh, the biggest focus actually is focusing on yourself, making yourself better, you developing better habits so that, you like you said, you can become more attractive to that person. But even more than that, it's people still go into relationships, and I shouldn't say still go into relationships, but you know, don't get like like for the wrong reasons, right? As 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 I'm you know sure you recognize rather than hey let let's do this as a partnership. Let's look to make this a long term you know relationships that's that's going to make 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 the difference in our life. Yeah, alignment. You need yeah. alignment, right? 
it's just like anything in life, you know, and, and, you know, the problem, sometimes people look at it and if somebody were to say that to another person, they're like, well, this is a relationship. This isn't a business, right? No, no, no. The business is work like relationships, right? Yeah. It's not relationships work like a business. And that's where people get confused. But I mean, I'm speaking from experience. I've been married almost 18 years. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I'm still 20. Yeah. Um, So I can't believe it's 18 years. It's just crazy to say something like that. But, uh, but I I just, it's something that I've learned and I just need to share that because if people can grasp that, man, it's such a, it's such a more powerful relationship that you'll have. Um, You'll be, be you know, on the right track for, for greatness Mm -hmm. instead of, instead of having and present yourself with more artificial, I call setbacks, things that are created like by your decisions rather than the good kind of setbacks. Well, and and you obviously had a situation, you grew up in a situation where it was really difficult because of primary relationships failing and then being in conflict where, you know, uh, you're setting up your family and I've set up my family where there's a relationship that's successful and thriving and working again, not all the time, obviously, but most of the time. And we were over 31 years together now. And, and so, so that just makes all the difference in terms of providing a support for for again, your life and, and, and whatever shows up in your business shows up in your personal life, whatever shows up in your personal life shows up in your business. So, so again, this kind of idea that they're somehow separate. No, I'm going to treat people, you know, like you started this, this podcast with a, a, a salute to, to uh, gratitude. And I'm sure you, you, you bring that into your home and you bring that into your business and you bring that into your work, right? So wherever we are, we are. And so, 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 you know, just recognizing that and seeing that is so key. Yeah. I mean, that's changed our business by the way. So we have a sales meeting. Uh, we have a sales meeting every day, but we have the whole team, our processors. I have a large mortgage division that I run. Right. And um, every Monday, 12 o'clock, the whole team gets together. And during that meeting, we start the meeting by going down the list of everybody. And I don't care how long it takes because yeah. it's worth it. The yeah. impact is that, that, that worth, worth doing the time. So uh, we'll go down the list. Everybody says a name of a person on the team from last week that did something extraordinary for them. Awesome. And that resentment that we used to have between our sales staff and our processing staff has gone away. And people that, you know, used to say, I didn't feel appreciated are starting to feel appreciated. It's not wonderful. It's genuine and it's good. And it's, you know, I actually got that from a book called The Trillion Dollar Coach about Bill Campbell, who used to coach Great Columbia. Book. Yes. Yeah, you read that? And uh yes. And he was the coach for the Google founders and Apple and all that. And it's just amazed me reading that book that a guy was just a football coach in a way first <laughs> was able to do that and have that big of an impact on people that they wrote a book about him. Yeah. Yeah. And that's right. Oh. That's why I got that little tactic. Highly recommend that book. Um, yeah. The trillion dollar coach. Yeah. Really, really massive impact on so many really tremendously successful businesses. So, you know, why don't you tell us about your career progress, you know, jumping out of university, what did you do? Why did you do it? Et cetera. So I dropped out of college. I don't encourage this, but I dropped out of college with a 4.0. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I dropped out, a couple of reasons. One, um, you know, I, I went through a phase with figuring out why I dropped out of college too. Not a phase, a, uh, a journey. Right. At first I said to myself, oh man, I'm just not, this isn't for me, man. Right. Like I, I'm ready to go make money. Yeah. Um, I want to be Tom Cruise and cocktail and go work in the restaurant business. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's never like the movies, guys, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, um, really what happened was I got into drinking, chasing, chasing girls, and yeah. then the drinking wasn't good enough. And then I got into weed and moved right. on and just partying and, you know, I lost my focus. I lost my right. purpose, my agenda. Mm-hmm. And then from there, um, I, you don't think clearly. Right. And, and from there, you're not making right decisions. So 
I went down that rabbit hole and I had friends that graduated and then I'm stuck in Salisbury and all my friends left. Right. And the only people that were left were the ones that I was partying with and doing the things that I shouldn't be doing with. Right. And, you know, I had a job in sales. I was making money, but not, not a lot of money. And I thought I was, you know, I just mixed up, man. And so one thing I do though, I, I did learn sales and I cut my teeth in the sales game doing that. But, you know, I had some big, big aspirations as a kid, man. Sure. You know, at first I thought I was going to be a football player. I just never grew tall enough. Right. Uh, you can't tell by this podcast, but I'm five, six and three quarters. Okay. That'll be, that, 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 <laughs> so I'm not yeah, tall that, enough. That, that doesn't make a professional football player. <laughs> unless, unless you're fast. Yeah, so, so then, uh, you know, I wanted to be, I wanted to be a sports broadcaster on television. Like I watched on Monday night football all the time sure. and all those things. And, you know, I had some big plans and I just, man, it just, when I was going through this phase in my life, I looked at myself and I'm like, this is not me, man. Right. Now my wife came along, uh, when I was about 25, I think. And, uh, my intentions to marry her when I first saw her, I was like, this is my wife. Right. Uh, over overcame the the partying and the, and the addiction of, you know, I don't think I was addicted to substances. I think I was addicted to excitement. Right. Does that make sense? Like I yeah. was looking for like, I was going to miss out on something if I sat home and watched TV or read a book or something. And, you know, so that overcame that with my wife and the the interest that I had in my wife. And luckily I was able to, get out of that world. And then from there, man, I just, you know, I, I realized that I have an animal inside of me that's, that that's been caged up for these years and it needs to be let out. And now right. it's not just about me. It's about what can I do to help inspire the people to get back on the journey. And that's what I right. do. Yeah. And, and to me as well, I think, I think it's, it's when you've got a greater purpose, all of a sudden, you know, drinking and carousing and, and that type of excitement just is no longer as exciting and certainly can't be a complete focus, you know, um, you know, just cause, Hey, I've got, I've got stuff I want to create. Right. So, yeah. And then from there, uh, I was in sales for nine years in home sales, closing deals while I was in sitting at the table with people in their house. Okay. And- yeah. Then I got into real estate and uh, for a year I did real estate was top producer and sales and listings and all that, but I hated showing people around houses. It wasn't me. I just wasn't, right. I didn't like that thing. So I, I got into the next best, best thing, which was mortgages right, and home loans and, and decided to be a loan officer, hit the ground running, did really well because again, it's all action, intention yes. and action. Yeah. And I had that, I had that hustle and i from there, we decided, my partners and I were like, this isn't good enough. Let's play a bigger game. Let's start building branches and a division. And we did that. And we got up to seven branches, 30 some employees, and uh, we're on our way. And you know, we really find out ourselves every morning. We find ourselves not really doing mortgages, but it's really about building the people. Yes. And so that's what we focus on every day. I started a company called People Building. Okay. And that's what we do. We build people in our organization. And then now we're going out and expanding beyond our organization to really help companies develop their people from their right. weaknesses and their strengths. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been, it's, it's really fulfilling and that's what I, you know, I love it. Hey leaders. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the student works management program in large part, That's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path 
of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. So what do you do, you know, when we, when we look at, you know, building a great team, what do you do to attract really great people? How do you, how do you attract the people you want to work with, Mike? So I think, first of all, you have to have a vision of what you want. Like you have to have a clear vision of what you want in life, not just Mm -hmm. work and business, but, but what do you want for yourself? Who do you want to go through life with? What kind of wife do you want to have or husband you want to have? Um, You got to get clear with everything. This is the most important thing I can tell you guys today. If you don't know what you want, you're never going to have it. For sure. So you got to be clear. And then from there, be intentional with your actions towards it from your commitment. And what happens is, is we had an intention to create an attraction model. Right. So we wanted to be the place where people were knocking down our door to come to work rather than us having to knock down other people's doors. And so we focused on culture. Okay. And culture is important to me. Obviously, uh, there's some times in my life where, uh, you know, I had some businesses that we went into that did not work and it was because of the culture. If you don't have culture, you could have success for a period of time, but eventually, uh, you know, you're building something on a house of cards. Right. And when the individuals are faced with certain decisions, whether it's good for them or the team, they'll always choose themselves. Mm-hmm. So there's four things in culture that we focus on, Chris. The first one is that clear vision I told you about. Right. You need to have that and it needs to be massive, like excitement from it. That's right. something that can move the needle. If it's right. not exciting, you're, you're going to quit on it. Mm-hmm. And you've got to be able to paint that picture to your team and find out what their personal, professional, financial goals are as well and make sure it aligns with the team's vision. Right. So that's the first thing. Second thing we look at is um, gratitude. We talked about that already. We instituted gratitude amongst our team and we talk about it and and live it. The the third thing is unlimited income potential. Okay. So our salespeople obviously can sell as much as they want and we encourage them to build teams if they need to buy time to sell more. Okay. Salespeople are limited only to the amount of effort that they put in and the time that they have. If they have time, like like they're putting effort in, but they just run out of time, then they got to buy time. And we okay. show them and teach them how to scale. Okay. Non-sales people, processors, assistants, what have you, we encourage them to bring revenue into the company by always ending the conversation by asking for business. Okay. And when they bring revenue into the company, a couple things happen. Their financial condition for them and their family changes. Right. Because they can make unlimited amount of money just asking and asking and asking. Right. They can also move into a sales position if they'd like to. Now, the other thing it does for the company though, is it creates an opportunity for us to hire more people to provide better customer service. Right. And we have more support than we would otherwise because we have more revenue. Right. And then the final thing is a group accountability. Okay. So instead of just a leader holding everybody accountable, we state our vision, we all get in alignment, and then we all understand that we're going to hold each other accountable. Right. Because the leader is not always going to be there to see things or, or you know be available to hold people accountable. So when we have group accountability – the ones that aren't doing what they need to do, it shines like a, a you know, a sore, sore foot. Right. <laughs> and uh, so that's, that's what we do. Those four things have made all the difference in the world for our team. And when we're struggling, we go back and check those four things and make sure that we have those, uh, you know, where they need to be. And so, so with those four things, what do you do sort of in the recruiting process or what do you do as an ongoing uh, way to communicate these so that they stay alive in your business on a consistent basis? 
So as far as recruiting goes, we one thing you know, the best recruiting is when you get someone that refers you uh, a prospect. So right. when we have our employees referring prospects, majority of our employees came from us knowing someone or somebody in the group bringing somebody in. There's very fantastic, few, quote unquote, strangers in our group. Okay. And what, when you do that, what you find is a more tighter knit group. You find, and you can be, build big companies this way. It takes a little longer, but it's it's firmer foundation. Um, and you know everybody's more in alignment this way. That's what we found. Now, right. I, you know, if you're if you're doing the other thing, what we do also is we put it out on social media a lot about what's going in our group. We we humble brag about the the culture that we have. Right. We want to get people again creating an attraction model like they have to get interest in us. And wait, wait a minute, what's going on over there? I want to right. be a part of something like that. And then yeah. they assess where they are. Wait a minute, this company here, they don't do that. They don't have right. awesome sales meetings and culture like that, supportive right. and all that. So then you start to get people saying, hey, you hiring? You hiring? Yeah. yeah. And I will find a position. If, if I have somebody that has the will, not the skill, but the will, and they're willing to do whatever I talk to them about, about bettering themselves to get where they need to be, great attitude, I'll find a place for them. And, uh, you know, that's that's what it comes down to. Of course, yeah. we're, we're recruiting, putting ads out and all that kind of stuff. But the, the, the quality of uh, individuals that we get have always been better from referrals. Yeah, we find the same thing. So, so you know, I'm, I'm interested just just um, and and kind of helping our leaders, you know, sort of listen and go, yeah, that's right. You know, so so for us, you know, retention is is critical. And then the second piece is referrals. You know, it's, those are those are the the overwhelming drivers of our success in our business, you know, just makes such yep. a difference. And, um, and retention, as far as retention, that unlimited, in, unlimited income potential helps with that. We pay yeah. our people very well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we also, the, the retention comes down to understanding their professional, personal and financial goals. If you don't know what your people want and what they want for their life, they're, they're not going to care about your business's goals. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so it's, so for our leaders who are, who are leading teams, you know, do you know your, their goals and then aligning your goals with their goals. And then all of a sudden they're calling and saying, Hey, I want to stay late. I want to keep working. I want to drive the business together with you, you know, and, and that there's that alignment, right? Everybody's and pushing towards the same direction. Yeah. And removing the people that don't align. Like yes. it's not personal. It is what it is. Check and see if you can get them in alignment. If they're not, then Hey, listen, if there's some place else I can help you go, let's do it. Cause yeah. you're not, it's not working here. Yes. Yeah. No, I think that's having standards is one of the most important success, success strategies. You know, here's, here's the level we've got to operate at, right? Otherwise it's just not going to work. Right. That's yep. again, that's, that's what all great teams have. So how did you know running a business was right for you, Mike? Well, I grew up, my dad had his own business and all of my uncles, my grandfathers all had their own businesses. So my, right. my dad's grandfather, my dad's father was in the mushroom business in Southeastern Pennsylvania, right. which is the mushroom capital of the world. And uh, my grandfather on the other side and my uncles were all in stucco and plaster and drywall and, you know, masonry. So, you know, I think Italians came over from Italy a lot and got into the masonry business and right. that's where they got into that line of work. So I watched them and I, I admired them and I saw the difficulties they had. I saw how people treated them. I saw how they operated their businesses. And so I could, as a kid, I was very observant. So I would look and see, okay, what works, what doesn't work? What are some of the lessons I can take from my grandfathers, my uncles and how, how people treated them and how they responded to those things. You know, I, I looked at that and then, um, you know, from there, I'm very stubborn as I told you before mm -hmm. in a good way. Yeah. Stubborn's a good thing if it's on the right thing. 100%. Um, I agree. 
but uh, also my mom told me I was going to be a leader and I, everything I did, I just felt like I need to lead. And so when I got into situations where I worked for someone, I worked hard. Um, but if I saw them anywhere that they, 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 we could do better and they did not listen to me and, and at least listen, I didn't say do it, like, right. but listen to me, then it didn't work because that's what I practice. I listen, right. yeah. I take it. And, and I still thought that was important. So uh, I didn't want to be in that situation. Um, and I'd never found that right situation where I wasn't, you know, I was listened to and I could help be a part of something that grow. So that's why I decided that, you know, by the way, the, the mortgage company that I work for, we have our own call center and run it like a PL. Right. But uh it's under a it's under a Absolutely. company. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So, I, and I and I knew that, but that's really your own business. It's your division, yeah. right? Like cause you you speak like you own it, and that's what yeah. you want in in, in 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 you know for for leaders in organizations. Yeah. Yeah. And then people building's our company. We own that, but you can work for another company. It's just gotta yeah. be the right company. They gotta be, you know, holding up to your standards that you expect yeah. as long as you're doing the right thing. So yeah. And so I know one of the things and and uh we always talk about failures here and 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 what we get from them. And I know you that's something that you've put in your book and something that we talked about before our 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 podcast here is pro- proactively preparing for setbacks. So what do you do and how do you how do you make that happen? Yeah. So um by the way, do you know Grant Cardone um yes. from the 10X movement? He's yes. he's I'm announcing, I don't know when this is coming out, but I know we're recording today, but tomorrow uh we are actually announcing that he's gonna be the the forward author for my book. Oh, fantastic. And, uh, it's, it's a great endorsement, great credibility builder, but great confidence builder for me. The fact that I've been living this standard that Grant had originally set out with 10 X living on 10 X lifestyle and all areas of my life. And I've related that relayed that into my business and then my brand that I'm building now. And I'm trying to act as a case study for what his content and his message was to people so that people can see how powerful this is. And yeah. I want to see how far I can take it. Yeah. And so um, I asked him to write the forward and obviously we made it worth his time, but also he only, he required us to be, you know, a standard, a certain standard, living a certain standard to match right. up to what he expects. So um, that's awesome. But as far as the proactive resiliency or proactive, I, I don't, like I said, resiliency is not a power enough, powerful enough word, but the first thing you need to do is understand the concept. Right. And you cannot be in an adversity or near an adversity while you're trying to understand this concept because the closer in proximity you are to setbacks or adversity, the less light you see at the end of the tunnel, if any, yes. the yes. less hope you have, the less yeah. understanding that you have. Yeah. So it's important now to understand this concept that no matter what happens to you in life, unless you get plucked from this earth, the, the, no matter what it is, every single thing can be used as fuel for your future. Yeah. And I'm going to be real ridiculous here. I never did this before. I'm just, I was just thinking about this. And sure. It's probably, you know, you could be paralyzed. Okay. Yeah. Nobody, I don't wish this on anyone, but if you sure. were paralyzed and the only thing that worked from here was your head, right? Yeah. Well, you could sit there and say, I'm, this is the way I'm going to be the rest of my life. And I, and, and there's no chance of me walking and everything like that and just focus on all that. Or what could you do to impact some one life, two lives, three lives with yeah. the fact of what you, what you did now that could change change the world because if you change one life and they go on to change another life and it spreads out exponentially, yeah, that's what you have to think about. And I know things are going to happen in life that sucks. I know yeah. it's not easy. Yeah, I, I know that you're going to work so hard on something and then to see it fall all apart sometimes. But if you just understand ahead of time that when it happens, you got to trigger right away that, okay, this is what C-Rock was talking about. This is the setback. Okay. Immediately, immediately start looking for opportunities. Exactly. 
Do yeah. not take time to sit there and feel sorry for yourself and question this and question that. Immediately look for opportunities. Yeah. You can always later on look to see why it happened. Yes. But what I like to talk about, and, and I would learn this from my mentors, when there's a fire in the kitchen, you're not worried about who set the fire. You're trying to put the fire out. Excellent. Yeah. And so that's what it's all about. And that's how we do it. And again, in order to do it, because it's going to be hard, you need to prepare your mind with mindset. You need to have knowledge. You need to continue to learn. You yeah. need to take care of your body by working out all the time. You got to prepare yeah. like you're going to battle. Right. And if you do that and you have this concept understood, you're, you're unstoppable. Yeah, no, I, I so I so get that. A couple of things. Number one, we use Grant Cardone, one of his books, to teach our veteran operators. Um, so so love Grant and which and, one is it? Which book? Oh gosh, all of a sudden it's you know, uh, I don't know if you know if it's a sales here. sales book. All of a sudden it's just slipped my mind. But seller, but seller be sold. Seller be sold. Yes, yeah. seller be sold. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, but but you know, first of all, um, you know, so we're we're aligned with 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 a lot of the stuff Grant's bringing in, and it and no matter what, you're going to get bad things happening to you. Like right now, I guess across my feed just a little while ago, Grant Grant's having some class action suit. And so, and it's mm -hmm. more likely going to happen as you have more success. The more success you have, the bigger problems you have. It's not the yeah. least problems you have. And your example of, of, of somebody having real financial, sorry, uh, physical um, challenges and being a light for others. There are all sorts of, or a number of pub, uh, public speakers and motivational speakers who've done incredible work in that area, you know, and just facing these enormous setbacks and really, yeah. again, being a light for others. Yeah. And you know, the thing about Grant said too, in, the, in my forward, one of the messages that he had is, I wish I could tell you that it's going to get easier and you're going to have less <laughs> setbacks or, or easier ones, but that's opposite of the case. Yes. The actual gets harder. It gets bigger problems. But yeah. as you go through the littler ones, you're built, your armor's building up and your concept, understanding this concept builds up and then you start to look for things. Yeah. So they get bigger, but you start to look for them like, wow, okay. I love this. Okay. That means I'm yeah. on the right track. And yeah. then you start looking for the opportunities. And I, I got to tell you, man, I've been in some dark places. Sure. When things have happened that, that I didn't expect or, or man, like just people let me down or disappointed me, man, like my heart hurt. Right. And I felt it in my stomach, in my chest, man. It's just not a good feeling. I've yeah. been through phases where I've lost 20 pounds in three weeks off of wow. setbacks and things. Wow. So, and felt like the weight of the world was on my shoulders. And I don't want anybody to feel like that again. And I'm never going to feel like that again. Yeah. So that's why I'm on this mission because I want people not to feel like that. I want people to be like fired up and excited about let something happen to me. Yes, for sure. <laughs> you know, for sure. And and you're 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 so right um, about uh, you know as you go along, you just have bigger setbacks, but you're able to handle them better. And and your cause again, your cause is bigger than those setbacks, right? Those challenges are bigger than those setbacks. And just going, okay, I got that. And and look, I overcame this one and this one and this one. And I know it's part of the game, right? Um, mm -hmm. and, and and so many businesses or or you know government opportunities or social conquests. Like one of the things in, in, in the back here, you'll see we will end MS. So I've made a commitment uh, that we are going to be part of ending multiple sclerosis. And my wife had a clinically isolated event 20 years ago. And we've, as a group across Canada, raised over, over $2 million coming into this coming season. And so we're just so, so a part about making that, making that cause happen. Um, and so that's a huge, huge impact. Um, a real, real bad problem for people yeah. that we're, we're, we're trying to commit to. Love it, man. Yeah.
So, don't, so and don't try, don't try to commit. Oh, we're committed to. Yes. You <laughs> Thank you. Did Listen, I slip us trying? Yeah, oh we my gosh. I, I slipped too. But, but, but one thing I found is seriously is that what you think is what you say, what you say yes. is what you do and what you yeah. do becomes your legacy is what Brandon Dawson talks about all the time is my, one of my mentors. I fault falter in that a lot. Sure. And uh, I've been really conscious with that because I want to, I want to see the results of thinking the right way. Absolutely. And so, so my team and I, like we're 40 employees. We always call each other out. Ah, it's wonderful. Like, hey, it's a good thing. <laughs> Look at that. Oh yeah. What do you mean? You know, so yeah, yeah. what are I you going to do next? I yes. want you to end it. Like yeah. that, that's, you well, know, it'd be make part it of it. Yeah. Part, yeah. part, you know, part of the cause. Right. And again, like uh, part of it is as well as when we look at a huge cause like this one, like we're just a small part. And again, an important part, because everybody who, who plays a part is an important part. And you need all sorts of doctors and need all sorts of people to go make it make it happen. And so, you know, again, seeing setback, right. And preparing ourselves to see setback, right. Is so wonderful. I appreciate you bringing that to our, to our conversation here. So, um, if someone wanted to do what you did and have the type of success that you're having in your life, what key habits would they want to steal from you? Again, I, I go back to the basics and there's no really shiny bells and whistles. If you see a shiny bell and whistle, man, run. Right. Um, nothing comes easy. Nothing's fast. Anything that does come easier fast is destructive and it will be at some point, if not right away. Right. So very, very important to get a clear vision of what you want because, you know, 90 some percent of people, if you ask that question, they have no idea what they want. Okay. And, and so that's a problem. So yeah. get clear on what you want and don't put any limits on it. Un, undo the limits. I don't care what your belief system is. We all have our belief systems that's limiting us. Right. Unleash the beast, like yeah. open up, right? <laughs> yeah. And then think big. Okay. So then, and then when you do this and you get really clear on it and you commit to it, then what we like to do is we like to make intention statements and write goals down every single day. Awesome. Very specific. The mind works in a mysterious way, but what you do is when you start to program that, you start to see opportunities that you never saw before. Right. You start to open up. And I know people have heard this before, but guys, it works. Yeah, like it there's does. some things happen in my life right now that I can, I, I can honestly tell you that came from me thinking clearly big. And then I ran into someone that could help me with something. Yeah. And uh, I'm just an ordinary guy, by the way, mm -hmm. but I'm on the verge now of, you know, I'm, I'm working on something right now that could be worth hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. And I had no idea how I could have done this before, but just, I started thinking big. I want this. I want this. I want this. Right. And it starts coming into play. So that's where I would start. And then from there, the only thing stopping you is relentless action. Yeah. Never stopping, never giving up, be relentless about it. There's okay to pivot or move, you know, adjust, but just never give up. Like nobody's mm. getting in your way. You remove all obstacles. Thrust is a must. I say all the time, because we yeah. always want to be moving forward. That's success to me. Chris is moving forward. Success yeah. is incrementally going towards where you want to go. So we talk about thrust as a must. And, uh, you know, that's it. And I want to challenge you, Chris. I want to challenge you sure. just from talking to you here. I don't know anything besides LinkedIn and talking to you here, but yeah. I want to challenge you and your wife to, to, to play a bigger game. Yeah. To start thinking like you may already think that you're like have a big game and you have big challenges. Put more on your plate. Think bigger. Go after yeah. bigger things. And the stuff that you're dealing with now will pale in comparison. Yeah. Well, well, and, and again, um, we, we are, uh, you know, taking that on. So, 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 you, you know, like there's, you know, uh, you know, I'm a big believer, you know, just constant and never ending improvement, constant, never ending, looking to see, you know, what's next, what's next. We've been recognized as one of Canada's fastest, uh, uh, 
uh, growing companies uh, three times in the last five or six years. And we're just, you know, we see more and more growth. Yes, exactly. Not big enough. My my intention is that when you go see your wife later today, that you say, I talked to this guy, C-Rock, and he said, we need to play a bigger game. We're not going big enough. (laughs) Well, well, we've got another big, we've got another big, uh, uh, tool in the fire that we're, we're working on. So, but Love I'm going to, I'm going to keep it. that, I'm going to keep that uh, uh, private for a while. So, um, so, so in one final question, when you think of the leader of tomorrow, C-Rock, what comes to mind? A leader, uh, no, I studied John Maxwell a lot. And, I do too. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that come from that, but one thing a leader does is they make other success easier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't look for easy, but if we can make it easier for someone else or faster, quicker journey, less mistakes made. That's the goal, man. And, 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 you know, the the one thing that certain people in my life made me feel like so good inside that, that when I unleashed the beast, I say like uncaged the animal, that feeling that was like a hero to me. And I want to make that, that, that like feeling in people like that, that hero feeling. And that's what I encourage people do for leaders. Like try to make people feel like you're their hero in a way. Like you, you, you make their success easier. You give them hope. And, uh, that that's the words I have on that, Chris. I mean, I love it. Love it. Well, well, I really appreciate, um, you know, I, I, I can't remember how we got connected, but I'm so glad uh, you jumped on the leaders of tomorrow podcast. I'm really excited about, about your, your book. So, um, so please send me that information so I can set, sh- uh, put it in the show notes and, and everybody share, uh, share that information and uh, continued success and uh, really excited about that big project you're working on. Thank you, Chris. And by the way, the book's located at uh, Mike Searock with no K. I'll send this to you too, Chris. But Perfect. For listeners, Mike Searock uh, with no K.com forward slash book. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, have a fantastic day and uh, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Chris, man. Okay, Great job. take care. You betcha. Cheers. Bye bye. Hey, leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye now you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.